0: Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well redeemed, throughout our midweek Lenten services we looked at the chief parts of the catechism in light of Jesus' passion. Tonight we turn our attention to the sixth chief part of the catechism and that is the sacrament of the altar. So that we may not let such a great treasure pass by unnoticed or that we would become or become cold or indifferent to it as though it were not such a big deal or something we could live without by choice let us this night consider the nature benefit power and worthy reception of the sacrament of the altar first and foremost what is the sacrament of the altar sacrament of the altar isn't derived from feeble human minds. It's not invented or introduced by any man. Without anyone's counsel or deliberation, it was instituted by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself on the night when he was betrayed. It comes from his mandating words which were written for us by the Holy Spirit through the evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul, our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take eat. This is my body, which is given for you, This do in remembrance of me. Word that makes, that sets this sacrament apart from anything else. It's not mere bread and wine, but it's Christ's body. It's Christ's blood. In this blessed meal, Christ comes to his gathered people. He comes to his gathered church. All who partake of this blessed meal receives the very body and blood of Christ. This isn't because one's faith establishes the sacrament. It's Christ's mandating words. It's true that if you take away the words of Jesus, you have nothing but bread, wine, But if the instituting words of Christ remain there, as they should, then it's Christ's words and promise. It's as Christ's word and promise says. It is His true body. It is His true blood. What Jesus says and speaks, it must be so. As true God, He can never lie or deceive us. This is his last will and testament for the church to do often. And we're to do it in a manner in which he's given it. Christ mandating words alone should drive us to partake of this meal often. However, it's not only a matter of obedience. Jesus ties a great promise. A great benefit, a great treasure of grace to this meal. What is the benefit of this eating and drinking? How can bodily eating and drinking do such great things as we ask in the small catechism? Through his words, Christ imparts his forgiveness to those who eat and drink of his body and blood. Additionally, it is indeed called a food of souls, which nourishes and strengthens the new man. While in baptism we're first born anew, there still remains the old vicious nature of flesh and blood in us. And not only that, but there are often many hindrances temptations by the devil and the world, that we often become weary and faint and sometimes stumble. Our bodies and spirit become weak and heavy laden such that our faith needs ongoing strength and sustenance lest we fall into unbelief and despair. This is why Christ ties a wonderful benefit to this blessed meal. This benefit is that which was won for us on the cross. Specifically, the forgiveness of all of our sins. In the sacrament of the altar, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation salvation. This benefit and all that follows it in the supper comes not from our obedience. It comes through Christ's gracious work of redemption for us on the cross. When Christ died for us, He once and for all offered up The sacrifice of his body and blood to God. He sacrificed himself to take away our sins. And now in this blessed supper, when Jesus gives you to eat and to drink of his body and blood, he gives you the same forgiveness of sins that he won for us by dying on the cross. It's a sacrifice offered up to God on our behalf sacrament of the altar is the gracious gift of Christ's body and blood that God gives to us sinners for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Just as the words of Jesus declare, this is my body, this is my blood given and shed for the forgiveness of all of your sins. As we've considered the nature, benefit, and power of the sacrament, let us now consider who receives the sacrament worthily. St. Paul, in his first letter to the church at Corinth, writes, Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. What does it mean to be unworthy? Does it mean that you've committed very many and serious sins? Does it mean that you've failed to keep yourself spiritually pure? Does it mean that you've neglected God's word? No, that's not what unworthy means. The worthy communicant isn't the one who has succeeded in voiding sin. Worthiness is a matter of faith. Where to believe Jesus' words? Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, and drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament In my blood. Where to believe Jesus' words, given and shed for you, for the forgiveness of all of your sins? Sinners who believe what these words say, are worthy. They believe that they're sinners. They believe that God would be just in condemning them to hell for their sins against Him. However, they trust in the mercy that God gives to them in this blessed meal.
1: They trust
0: that the body and blood of Christ were given and shed for them for the forgiveness of sins. It's not sin that makes a person unworthy, it's unbelief. The Lord's Supper isn't to be taken by those who don't believe that the bread and the wine are the body and blood of Jesus. It's not to be taken by those who don't want to repent of their sins, but want to continue in them, which is evidence of unbelief. It's not to be taken by those who think they deserve to receive it by their own merits or because they don't want to feel left out. This blessed meal is to be taken only by those who confess the unity of God's word, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And then hunger and thirst for this righteousness, knowing that they need the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation that Christ's body and blood provides in this meal. Fellow redeemed, before we conclude here, I want you to consider this night what Martin Luther writes for us in the large catechism. Here, Christ offers to us the entire treasure that he has brought for us from heaven. With the greatest kindness, he invites us to receive it. Also in other places, like when he says in St. Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It is surely a sin and a shame that he so cordially and faithfully summons and encourages us to receive our highest and greatest good, and yet we act so distantly toward it. We permit so long a time to pass without partaking of the sacrament that we grow quite cold and hardened, so that we have no longing or love for it. We must never think of the sacrament as something harmful From which we had better flee. But as a pure. Wholesome. Comforting remedy. That grants salvation. And comfort. It will cure you. And give you life. Both in soul. And in body. For where the soul. Has recovered the body. Also is relieved. Why then do we act as if the sacrament were a poison, the eating of which would bring death. To be sure, it is true that those who despise the sacrament and live in an unchristian way receive it to their hurt and damnation. Nothing shall be good or wholesome for them. It is just like a sick person who on a whim eats and drinks what is forbidden to him by the doctor. But those who are mindful of their weaknesses, desire to be rid of it, and long for help, they should regard and use the sacrament just like a precious antidote against the poison that they have in them. Here in the sacrament, you are to receive from the lips of Christ forgiveness of sins. It contains and brings with it God's grace and the Spirit with all his gifts, protection, shelter, and power against death, and the devil, and all misfortune. Fellow redeemed, let us rejoice in this holy meal offered by Christ, for as we will sing this night, The death of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we celebrate with one accord. It is our comfort in distress, our heart's sweet joy and happiness. Help us, O Lord, sincerely to believe that we may worthily receive your supper and in you find rest. They who believe are truly blessed. God be praised. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.